What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I am your host, Zach Guggenheim, and we are here on the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast, where college football does not sleep, does not go to an offseason. We're going to talk a little bit about what's been going on. Uh, surprisingly, a lot of news coming out the past few weeks, some of which we'll get to in this podcast, some of which we'll, we'll get to in future podcasts. Uh, if you like the podcast, make sure to like and subscribe. We are trying to get an episode out every Friday, although I know I just took a week off. Uh, apologies for that. Just sometimes life happens. But we're, we have a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk a lot about tomorrow. And then down the pike, uh, I'm, I'm going to have a good friend of mine, Don Castelline, who works over at WGRC, uh, does the high school football game of the week for them. Uh, I, I do a little bit with him as well. But he is a great has a great mind for football, great thoughts about playoff expansion. Uh, and he's just an overall good dude, good brother. Uh, hoping to have him on the show in the next couple of weeks. So I'll keep you posted about that. Uh, stay tuned on Instagram uh, and on Twitter to see if we can get him on. Uh, it'll be it'll be fun to talk with him, not just about the Big Ten, but about the Terps, because he's a big uh, Maryland Terp, Terps fan. He's also probably even a bigger Baltimore Ravens fan, but should be fun. We're going to start in the NFL. Uh, obviously, the Super Bowl was this past Sunday. And while we are a college football podcast, I do find it necessary to talk briefly about the Super Bowl because it's the biggest game of the year. A lot of guys in that game are from Big Ten teams. You know, obviously Joe Burrow not an, uh, didn't end his career in the Big Ten, but was an LSU Tiger, but transferred from Ohio State. So uh, big Big name there, obviously, a lot of guys from Ohio State, some Michigan guys. Uh, Chris Evans, I think, was on the Bengals, a few other guys as well, some Penn Staters. So well represented in the Big Ten. And obviously, the Rams won 23 to 20 in a really a classic game. Really, really competitive throughout. Great defense throughout. My main takeaways, number one, Matt Stafford deserved to win. And I'm just really, really happy for him, the way he battled through adversity. I'm just really, really grateful for the way that he did that. Losing Odell Beckham Jr. early in that game, and yet he came back. Uh, you know, I kept joking. I, I mentioned this on Twitter. After Odell Beckham went down, you know, the announcers kept saying, how is Stafford going to do this without any weapons? And I, I just, I, I mentioned on Twitter, the announcers kept saying that and Cooper cup just has to be thinking like, am I a joke to you? Like I'm only the number one receiver in the league. I've only broken records. I, you know, I've only had the most touchdowns and receptions this year. And of course he is the guy who win wins MVP uh, gets the game winning touchdown. He's unstoppable down the stretch. You know, so I, you know, I thought Matt Stafford did a great job, Cooper Cup. To me, that game came down to the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals could not, like, they, they just don't have a good offensive line. And you knew that going in, and they've got to go up against Von Miller, stud, Aaron Donald, stud, Ashawn Robinson, stud. 
which which brings me to my second point. A lot of people thought that Zach Taylor was not very good in this game as a coach. He's the head coach for the Bengals. And a lot of people were like, he should have adjusted. And my response to that is adjust to what? Like he did adjust. At one point he had a three tight end set in, you know, to try to run the ball. And people were talking about why is Samaj P. Ryan in instead of Joe Mixon? I'm like, I get it, but P. Ryan's there is kind of the battering ram of the two. That was true at Oklahoma. It's true in Cincinnati. Uh, I, you know, I didn't have a problem with him getting the ball there. I, listen, they had a good defensive game plan and it showed in the second half. They made adjustments and then Cincinnati tried. You try to make an adjustment against Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Ashawn Robinson, Jalen Ramsey. Like, try. Like, try. It's easier said than done. And they tried. I, I, I don't, and Zach Taylor, to me, is not the greatest coach of all time. But I think to come within three points, I get that they lost it in excruciating fashion. I didn't love the play calling down the stretch. I'll, I'll admit that. But I, I, I thought Zach Taylor actually coached a pretty decent game. You know, he went for it on fourth down multiple times, which I thought was gutsy. I, you know, it is hard to make plays from your back. And that's what Joe Burrow had to do. Um, and the third thing, the third takeaway is I, I think the Bengals are set up well for the future, but they've, they've got to invest in an offensive line. Um, and that's, that's the key takeaway. So really good game. Uh, I, there's really no villain in the game. Like there's, you know, Tom Brady retired. And so there's not going to be a villain for the next five years in, in, uh, in the NFL. Um, so maybe Mahomes becomes a villain. I don't know, but really good game. Um, sad how it ended for the Bengals. I was rooting for the Bengals, but really, really good game. Uh, the next thing on the show that we're going to talk about, and it kind of came and went and, and not, there wasn't a lot of buzz because of the way that the recruiting is set up now, but we had the second signing day. It's the final signing day for the class of 2022. And not, not a lot of big, like big flips or highlights, Probably, honestly, the biggest thing, the biggest win for Michigan and also the biggest head scratcher for Michigan is that Jim Harbaugh stayed that he didn't go to the NFL. Um, that helped that recruiting class stay intact. The fact that he said he's staying and he's not going anywhere keeps that class intact, which is really, really good for them. I want to talk about Michigan a little bit more uh, after the break. But that was huge for them because there's a lot of questions about um, some of their key, uh, their, their key recruits looking elsewhere if by chance he left. And there was a lot of buzz. They signed the number nine class in the country, the number three, according to, the, to 247 Sports, number three in the Big Ten. Will Johnson, who's their top-rated player, uh, five-star recruit, uh, corner for them, that was a dicey situation. And he, he was saying, I'm not sure I'm going to stay if, you know, if you end up not, not staying. And so Harbaugh coming back was a huge recruiting win for Michigan. I think it was the right move. Um, 
and honestly, it kind of felt like he was doing it to get more money for Michigan. Part of it was he didn't get the right job, but I, I think it's still the better, the better fit for Harbaugh. Um, just looking at kind of the, the way that this came, came down, there's no surprise at the top. Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan are your top three. Ohio State is outpacing everyone in terms of average recruiting ranking. Although Penn State did beat them on the amount of five-star recruits. Uh, Penn State had three, Ohio State had two. But if you look at the average, Ohio State really is in the same, it, they're in a similar tier as Alabama and Texas A&M, which th- those are the top two, but they have around the same average rating per player as those two teams. It's a 94. I think I think Texas A&M is around a 95. Texas A&M is, you know, was cleaning house. And a lot of it is because of some of their NIL shenanigans which again is a future topic on the show how to how do you regulate that but ohio state one penn state two michigan three according to 247 sports indiana surprisingly is four they got some key recruits they actually got a couple flips from ohio state back in the summer Desan mccullough is like their key their crown jewel recruit he's an athlete they have him as an edge but he could be a stand-up linebacker as well. Um, but he is a top 100 recruit, which you don't get many of those in, at Indiana. Um, also got some key transfers, a lot of transfers uh, from all over the place. Pac-12, the SEC, the ACC. Uh, a lot of them are immediate. So, you know, Indiana was not very good last year, but I would not be surprised if that's a one year dip because they'll, they'll, I think they'll start back next year and, you know, get the bad taste out of their mouth. Um, I, I haven't looked at their schedule yet, but I, I would be surprised if they are under 500 again next year. Uh, number five is Michigan state. I think they're going to do a lot of work in their transfer portal again, like they did last year, Iowa six and they got a, a really, really key recruit in Xavier Nwankpa, uh, who is an Iowa native, but a lot of people had him either going to USC or Ohio State. Uh, Iowa is ranked 30th uh, in the country, uh, according to 247 Sports. And so for them, really good class. They always perform above their recruiting level. Uh, Maryland 7 and Rutgers 8, which to me is a little surprising, but they've been pretty decent at recruiting in comparison to the rest of the Big Ten. Now, you know, now they've got to they've got to make it count, right? Rutgers has got to perform a little bit better in some of the key games. Maybe not win some of those marquee games, but they've got to start uh, competing. And same thing with Maryland. Maryland's got to compete better with the Ohio State's, Penn State's, Michigan's. Uh, Purdue was ninth. Nebraska was 10th, not a lot of recruits for Nebraska, only 18. Wisconsin, 11th, they only had 15 commits, which was surprising to me. Illinois, 12, they they had a lot of recruits, 26, but they're all three-star, they're all three-star recruits. Northwestern, 13, and Minnesota, 14. Um, So again, that, if you look at the West, 
it the, the West is behind significantly on talent. Iowa is the only West team that is in the top seven in the top half of the big 10 rankings. And, you know, that's, that's, you see why there's a gap in the big 10 title game. I mean, you saw it with Michigan and Iowa last, uh, last year, Granted, Michigan kind of caught fire at the end of the regular season, but there's a reason why the East champion has won. I think the past, I think they've won every year. Now that I think about it, 2014 was Ohio state, 2015, Michigan state, 2016 Penn state. And then it was Ohio state for four straight years. And yeah, ever since they've gone to the East West breakdown, it has been all East. The West has not won a single big 10 title since 2014, uh, since the inception of that. So, and, and you can see why the talent disparity is just, it's, it's absurdly uh, slanted in the East favor. Um, so again, it shouldn't surprise anyone, you know, Ohio state, Penn state, Michigan are the three biggest brands. Uh, Michigan state is not going to be as, as high because they're still building a lot through the transfer portal, but they're, you know, they're going to be, uh, they're going to be uh, someone to watch too. Also one fun note, Antonio Gates jr. Is going to Michigan state as a wide receiver. So I just think that's fun. They have the, the 23 ranked class in the country. So big 10 overall had five top 25 classes, uh, which is pretty good for the big 10. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out on the field in the next few years. Um, next topic that we're going to, and this kind of goes off of the recruiting and last topic before the break is Caleb Williams did decide to transfer to USC, which I am surprised by solely by the fact that there was so much smoke of Caleb Williams going to Wisconsin, but at the, at the end of the day, this always made sense to me. Like as soon as he announced that he was going to transfer, I'm like, oh, he's going to USC. He's going to follow his coach. That's where a lot of o other Oklahoma transfers are going. They're going to USC. And again, I, I keep saying this, USC, USC did not have a great recruiting class. But just watch, watch the portal. Watch the the transfer portal as it, as it pertains to USC, because they're getting a lot of developed talent and they're getting a lot of it from the place where they already know the coach. So like USC right now, if you, if you look at their recruiting profile, they're 65th in the country, 10th in the PAC 12, only 10 recruit or no eight recruits. Um, so you're like that, that's crazy. They have 13 transfers. And they're all like going to be pretty good players. You know, Travis Dye is transferring in from Oregon as a running back. You know, obviously, Caleb Williams, who I thought had a really good freshman year. Uh, Latrell McCutcheon from Oklahoma. Uh, he's going to play right away. Uh, you've got Mario Williams, who's a wide receiver at Oklahoma. He'll play right away. Brendan Rice from Colorado, who's a four-star guy. He'll probably get in the rotation. Uh, there's a lot of decent to good players who are already experienced, who are already familiar with Lincoln Riley. 
And they they added some really good players. I know it's only eight, but Damani Jackson, five-star corner, he's going to be really good. Zion Branch is a guy who uh, at one time was an Ohio State lean. Uh, he's a Bishop Gorman kid. He's going to be really good. Uh, C.J. Williams, wide receiver out of modern day. Relique Brown, running back out of modern day. They've got a lot of of key pieces coming in as freshmen as well as a lot of transfers coming in so watch out for the trojans okay that um they've got their quarterback that they uh for the future he's already connected to lincoln riley i think that's going to be a, a pretty tough out if not this year in the next couple of years especially as lincoln riley gets used to the recruiting in in california he's still got texas ties uh, i think that's going to be j- just watch out in the next three years, I think you're going to see USC really come on strong. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to just finish the show out with some thoughts on Michigan and what happened with some of the fallout with Jim Harbaugh flirting with the NFL and the loss of his coordinators. Uh, we'll be right back on the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. Welcome back to the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. We are going to just finish the show out talking about what is happening to Michigan in terms of losing their coordinators. Mike McDonald, who was sensational for them as a defensive coordinator, uh, came over from the Ravens, going back to the Ravens as a defensive coordinator. And so huge step up for him uh, going back to be with John Harbaugh instead of Jim Harbaugh. That, That move made a lot of sense. Josh Gaddis decided to move on from Michigan to be the offensive coordinator for the Miami hurricanes, not the dolphins, but the hurricanes. And this, this got a lot of traction on social media sphere, a lot of traction on a lot of Ohio state beats like what in the world is going on with Michigan. And there was a little smoke there as well. Josh Gaddis sent out a text that was not the most it wasn't the most helpful text in terms of talking about Michigan culture and talking about Michigan higher ups. I don't know if it was in reference to Jim Harbaugh. I don't know if it was in reference to the athletic director, but I, it just wasn't helpful. And so he's not leaving on the greatest terms, at least based on that text and coming in for uh, defensive and off- offensive coordinators, Sharon Moore and Matt Weiss are going to share offensive coordinator duties. They're going to share play calling duties, which I, I don't know if it's ever smart to have co-coordinators. I'm just going to be honest. I don't like it, um, but that's what they've decided to do. They, they, they are internally promoting. And then Jesse Minter is the new defensive coordinator. I, I'll be honest. I'm not sure if he's being internally promoted or not. I, I didn't, I should have looked before I started recording, but I didn't. Um, so someone can correct me there, but some relative unknowns. Uh, they obviously like them enough to, to promote them. The, a lot of people are asking, is this going to be really bad for Michigan? And I, I think that's a hard question because I think Michigan's already going to take a pretty big dip next year. Now, they have the quarterback of the future in J.J. McCarthy, and they have some really good talent on the offensive side of the ball. But the reality is their defense is decimated. 
And while they have some good pieces still, I mean, they, they lost three-fourths of their defensive line. Aiden Hutchinson might end up being the number one pick overall. Ajabo is going to be a first-round pick most likely, maybe a second-round pick. Dax Hill and John Ross are going to be are going to be draft picks. Like they're losing a lot of guys on the defense. And so even if Gaddis and McDonald came back, I I have a lot. I, I'm not sure they are built to be a top contender in the Big Ten East year in and year out yet. Cause I just don't think Michigan has recruited the way that others like, I mean, Ohio state and Penn state in particular, I think have out recruited them. Penn state, and Michigan might be on the same, same grounds. They have not out recruited Ohio state. And especially the past few years, Ohio state has kind of taken their recruiting up to a new level. So I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure this year whether they do well or not is an indict is going to be an indictment on their coordinators. I think you need a couple of years. I, I think the look of it looks worse than what actually happened, right? Because Harbaugh flirted with the NFL and now Gaddis is leaving and he's upset and um, he, you know, left an angry text uh, to his players and he goes and takes a lateral move at best. Honestly, I don't think even think it's a lateral move. I think Miami is quite a bit worse at the moment than Michigan. But I, I think it looks worse than it is, right? So Josh Gaddis, really good coordinator. He's the Burroughs Award winner. But let's let's just be honest. He was good enough to make Michigan competent. I think there's a lot of other offensive coordinators that could have also won the Burroughs Award. Like Michigan's offense wasn't that great. Need I remind you of what happened to them against Georgia? When Georgia's going to do that to a lot of people. But the reality is he's he's a really good coordinator. I don't I don't know if it's that big of a loss. What's really going to be telling is if their their hires, you know, can they be as good or maybe a notch below? as Gaddis. And I'm not sure, but we're not going to really find out at least until week five of this season, because here's, here's their schedule for this year. Colorado state win, Hawaii win, UConn win by 70. UConn was like the worst team in the FBS this year, like worse than like Eastern Kentucky state. Like they were terrible this year. Um, Illinois might put up 50 on them. They're, they're so bad. All those games are home. And then they get Maryland at home. It's the homecoming game. And Maryland's got some talent. But I just, again, until they prove it to me, I'm not buying them under Michael Oxley. Then they get Iowa at Kinnick. And that will show, that will tell us something. I'm, I'm not sure... I, I think at Indiana could be a challenge. I know they were bad. They were bad this year. Um, but, you know, if, if they're going to play a road game after Iowa, Indiana is not a bad road game to, to have. And then they get Penn State at home. Okay. So honestly, like I was always tricky at, at home. Uh, 
Indiana might be a little tricky, but I don't think they'll be that tricky. And Penn State at home, like realistically, they're probably at worst six and one, maybe five and two. But I, I would I would guess I would bet on them going seven and zero at that point. They get Michigan State revenge game. It's at home. That's probably a win. Rutgers win. Nebraska they'll probably win by three because Scott Frost doesn't know how to how to finish games. Illinois, that's a win. And then at Ohio State. And they're probably going to get beat by Ohio State. That, that would be my early prediction. Um, just because I think I think Ohio State's talent is going to win out. And I, I think Ryan Day is a little petty when it comes to losing. Needless to say, go look at Clemson 2020. So I, but either way, like if they go 11 and one and get to a good bowl game, like nobody's expecting them to do better than that. And if they go nine and three, I don't think people are going to be like, oh my gosh, they went nine and three because, you know, playing at Iowa is hard. Penn state has comparable, like comparable talent. So I, I could see now if it really goes down the rails, they go seven and five or six and six then you can kind of say, you know, alarm bells, right? And there's a little potential for that. Like, you know, they get a scare from Maryland and they lose to Iowa and then Penn State and then they lose to Michigan State and Nebraska and then they get curb stomped by 70 against Ohio State. That, as an Ohio State fan, I'd kind of like that, but I I don't think it's going to happen. And so I... Honestly, I don't think we're going to be able to figure out how good these hires are until 2023, because then they'll have a little bit more of the talent that they've recruited over the past couple of years. You know, JJ McCarthy, you know, he's going to be a sophomore next year. Give him another year to mature into that system. He's then a junior, uh, Donovan Jackson, Donovan Jackson. I don't think that's right. I think Donovan Jackson's the offensive guard for Ohio State. The running back, that's really good for them. Uh, that's not Blake Corum or Hassan Haskins. I can't believe I forget his name. Donovan Edwards, Donovan Edwards. Wow, I just completely blanked there. Um, but yeah, I, I don't... My, my knee jerk is, I think with Harbaugh there, I think they're stable. I think people underestimate, again, I think people underestimate his coaching ability. And I think people will do it again because, oh, look, they got destroyed by Georgia. You know, the fact that he lulled me into thinking that they could win that game is a great coaching job. Because the reality is Michigan hasn't been super relevant in, you know, 15 years, like on a national stage, really. And, you know, they got destroyed by the national champs. Okay. Like that's, who cares? Like Georgia was ridiculous this year. Like they were really good. Their defense was maybe the best defense in the past 15 years that I've seen. So, but yeah, I, so my, this is my prediction. I think Michigan probably goes like 10 and two, 11 and one, nine and three in that range. I know very non-committal of me to do to say that but this isn't my preseason uh, records record predictions so deal with it um let's say that tongue-in-cheek 
but in, in all seriousness, I, I, I don't think we're going to be able to, to figure this out until 2023 at the earliest. And maybe they have, they have great coordinators on their hands, or, or maybe it'll be, it might be a Don Brown situation where it's like, Oh yeah, he's pretty good. And then gets lit up by Ohio state for two years in a row. And then you're like, all right, we need to adjust because we keep looking really, really good until we play a team with, you know, three first round receivers. So, so that's my thought. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. What, where do you, what do you think about the whole Michigan, uh, you know, quote unquote fiasco? Do you think it was selfish of Jim Harbaugh or not? I, I don't think so, by the way. I, I think it made sense that Harbaugh went and explored and then he didn't, um, he did it awkwardly, which is what he tends to do with a lot of things. He's, he's awkward, but I don't think it was malicious or selfish and, you know, they still came, they still have a good recruiting class. So, but what do you guys think? I'd love to hear your thoughts uh, in reviews in comments, but yeah, again, this has been the big 10 football talk podcast. We'll be back next Friday and I will let you guys know what we'll be covering uh, in following weeks. Make sure to like, and subscribe and hope you guys have a great day. God bless. Mm -hmm.